Hello, this is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff, he's John. Um, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher's with, with kids, and we get together and talk about the Bible, and current events, and society, and and uh, so here we are today discussing this, and we decided we'd start recording these things, so if anybody's interested in listening to it, they can, and we hope that it encourages you to get deeper in God's Word. We're going to open with prayer, and then we'll get started. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Father, we ask you to open our hearts up as we study and, and, and uh, talk about what's going on. And Lord, we ask you to, to uh, just, just open our minds up that we can grow spiritually and mentally closer to you. Father, we ask God in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, John, our, the theme for today, what's it going to be? Well, it's just in case anybody's wondering out there that's never heard of this before. Uh, when we walk in, sit down, and start recording these things, we have no idea usually what we're going to talk about. That's right. And usually, when he and I get together, the conversation usually goes on for over an hour. So we're having to condense things. Very much so. And when we sit down like this, usually we, like I said, we have no idea. So I, Jeff asked me when we started this what we're going to talk about today, and I just said compromise. Little did I know that that just blends right in with my Sunday school lesson this morning. Does it? Uh, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and, and they got caught, you know, um, you know, Reader's Digest condensed version type thing, they got yeah. caught. What's, what's the first thing they did? First off, Adam compromised, didn't he? Yep. How did he compromise? He compromised when he gave in to Eve and tried to please her. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the next thing that happened? When well, God, Eve actually compromised when she gave in to her personal lust over what God had said. That's we're getting to that point. Oh my bad. No, that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Because see, there 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 comes in that train of thought that we've been taught to, in the church mm-hmm. that we're going to blame everything on Eve when it wasn't Eve's fault; it was Adam's fault. Mm-hmm. Why was it Adam's fault? Because Adam compromised. Why did Adam compromise? Because Eve compromised. Mm-hmm. Adam's afraid he was going to lose these because he know what God said. Mm-hmm. So he compromised to keep Eve. Mm-hmm. He'd rather been with her than he had with God, which is a compromise, which is what's going on in the church today, which goes on about something that we, you and I have been rolling over for the last, what, month mm-hmm. about apostasy in the church, mm-hmm. which comes right back down to that word compromise. Yes. Which is what's happened not only in our <clears throat> politics, but in our churches also. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, and what does that go back to? Goes right back to Adam and Eve, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, if you think about it, if you really think about it, number one, when God gave Adam the commission not to eat of the tree, you know, the knowledge of, of good and evil yeah. of this particular tree in the garden, mm-hmm. whose responsibility was it not to eat of that tree? It was Adam's. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Eve's. Why? Because Eve wasn't on the scene yet. That's right. She was still in Adam. So it was Adam's responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which comes back to this. God, in the beginning, at the creation of man, gave man certain responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And we see when Eve committed, when she was deceived, and she compromised, mm-hmm. and gave in to the devil... Then Adam compromised because he saw Eve compromise. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going yeah. with that? 
All right. Now, what's the next thing that happened? Number one, nobody took responsibility for what happened. Absolutely. Because what's the first thing Eve said? The serpent made me do it. What's the first thing Adam said? The the woman made me do it. Mm -hmm. You see? So it all comes back to us not taking responsibility for our own actions and our, our own accountability to our Creator. Right. And don't you see that going on today? Everybody's entitled to something. I'm, I'm the only one at work that will accept responsibility for a mistake. If somebody else at my work makes a mistake, they try to justify it. They try to, they try to blame it on somebody else. And uh, um, they, try to, they, they look at everybody other than themselves first. And then they look at the equipment second. And then they... <laughs> And they they look at the the situation third, and if all else, if they can't find another excuse, they still don't want to admit fault. But they'll they'll say, "Well, I don't know what I did," and and that's the truth. And I and I think that stands true with everything. And I look at it and go, "Man, I made a mistake right there. I shouldn't have done that." But the only way I can learn to not make the same mistake twice is to accept responsibility for a mistake so that I can grow and move on. But our society is completely like that. They, there's very few people in this world that'll look around. An umpire makes a bad call, he'll look around and argue with you all day long that he didn't make a bad call. I've had one umpire look around and goes, I made a mistake. And, and a lot of them know, you know, What's up? You know, they, you know, they look, guy goes, I made a mistake. There's nothing I can do about it. We've got to move on from here, which is the reality. Of course, they tell you not to ever make, you know, admit to making a mistake, but don't but, never let them see you sweat. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing it happens that way in a secular environment. So you know it happens that way in a, in a spiritual or Christian environment or a church environment. Everybody, it's always somebody else's fault. Uh, you know, and, and and why is it that you always try to put it off? There's another repercussion that comes out of that. Pride. It's pride. It's number one. It's pride. It's condemnation. Mm-hmm. It's you want to be accepted by the people around you. You want to you you the people that are over you, quote unquote, over you. You know, your supervisors, your uh, anybody that has a higher position. Mm-hmm. You don't want to admit you're wrong to that person. Why? Because it's going to diminish your position. Yep. Which is one reason these big CEOs and all this stuff always take these golden parachutes. Oh well, I'm, you know I'm out of it now. You know you can't blame me with anything. Yeah. Which, which goes back into the politics stuff that's going on now. Lagrange College is suffering right now because the previous president, not the one that's there now, but right. the one that was before this lady, um, he spent all the money. And didn't and and just pretty much ran the college broke. Yeah. And then and then retired. Yeah. And and everybody and then the new president comes in and they go, Look at look at what you know, she's she's having to lay people off. Well she's having to lay people off because and get rid of people and condense and can you know, consolidate and all that because the previous president did everything wrong. Speaking of president. Do you not see what's happened in just about every political election, every every change of, of administration? What do they always do? They blame it on the previous administration. Mm-hmm. 
instead of working but, together and taking responsibility and everybody doing their own job, doing what they're supposed well, to be well, doing. Here, here's what they blame the previous administration for putting them in the, in the, in the bad thing, but everything good, they take responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and some of the, and I'll, I'll grant it. Some of the, some of the stuff that happens is the previous administration's doing yeah. the good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah! Not all of it's good. Not mm. all of it's bad. Mm. But yeah, they they want to blame everybody else and not accept. And then some of it, you know, I mean, we're rocking along, and the president takes office, and and the and as soon as the president takes office, you run into a recession, and mm-hmm. they go, "It's a previous president's." And then and then, but like right now. All the things that was going good and, and all that, the, the administration now is trying to take credit for, but they blame the previous, the, the, you know, it, it just, it's, that's the way our society is compromised and blame others. It, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, but what does that have to do with the church? Because number one, church is compromised and has patterned itself after the world. Why? Because that's the way the world operates. In, instead well, of standing here, up and taking responsibility, well, here's the thing. We're not putting our faith where we need to put our faith. Absolutely. We're, we, we are folded into society instead of separated out of. We're, we, we put our faith in, in the world because we see the world. And, and so we look around and, and we go, this, these people are prospering, so we need to be like these people. Mm-hmm. This is happening, so we need to be like these people. We don't put our faith in God. Um, Mason. Well, let's, let's just compromise and yeah. have a certain group of people come in and just, we, we don't want to offend anybody. We, we want to be nice to them and be inclusive. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let these people come in and, and, and be, uh, we're, we're going to let them be leaders in our church. Mm-hmm. We're going to give them a position to where they can feel like they're welcome. And, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and what happens when that does? Jeff, you know as well as I do, you grew up in the country. If, mm-hmm. there's, a, if there's a crack under the door, snake's going to get in. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a hole in the wall, in the foundation, anywhere at the bottom of that house, you're going to have mice, right? Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen when you got mice in the house? you got snakes coming in to get mm-hmm. the mice. When the snakes come in, guess what? Everything else starts coming in with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when you start letting people come in, I, don't get me wrong, I, at Reed's Chapel, we will allow anybody to come to the church. Absolutely. However, we're not going to condone a lifestyle of sin. And what does, that, what does that all fall right back into? It's taking your own personal responsibility. Yep. And we have compromised our beliefs in the church as a whole. Yes, and, and, and not stood up for what we know is right, which goes right back to that fall. There was a church that ordained a man because he had a lot of money and he was, he was very smart. How many, how many churches you know that have had deacons for the same reason? Yeah. Or because they well, were they good ordained, businessmen? They ordained this guy as a deacon because he donated a lot of money to the church. Mm-hmm. And they said, when they, and he looked at him and said, I am not changing my lifestyle. He told them. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I'm not going to change my lifestyle because I'm a deacon. Mm-hmm. And they voted this man a deacon. And he was an alcohol. He drank alcohol, not socially, but in abundance. Mm-hmm. He chased. He was a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he I mean he gambled he did mm-hmm. he did everything that you would not want your deacon to do mm-hmm. and they ordained this man as a deacon at their church because he gave a lot of money to the church mm-hmm. they compromised I had a guy tell me he said you're gonna have to lower the standards mm-hmm. for having a deacon and having a pastor at, at churches because the world is and I said no we'll just have fewer or we won't have any I said, but if we, we cannot sacrifice our values, the Bible says that, that a man should be this and this and this and this. And, and, and uh, when he talks about being a deacon, uh, and I'm not going to, I don't want to sacrifice the values of these guys, of, of, of the church, mm-hmm. compromise mm-hmm. to allow somebody to be a deacon. But there's churches all over that do it. All over. There's churches that are ordaining women to be deacons. And if you'll go back to Genesis mm-hmm. chapter three, the the and look at this all the way to the to the the end of the book, uh, end of the Bible, uh, you see that that God the Father did the first sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he ordained mm-hmm. the man to be the head of the household spiritually. Mm-hmm. You look and see that he that um, that he the 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 dads the men. Um, and the, the dads, they sacrificed for their children. Mm-hmm. Then he brought the the uh, when he called the first priest uh, in the book of Exodus, he called the first priest, and they were all uh, Aaron and his sons to be priests. But Jeff, don't you think and, that that's don't you think that that's been chauvinistic and 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 uh, not inclusive of the women in the church? Have to ask God that. Here's no. The reality is, John. If you go back to Genesis, if you go back the, to Genesis, the 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 man has a job and the woman has a job. Absolutely. And, and the man's and, not supposed to accept the woman's job, and the woman's not supposed to accept the man's job, and the two are one. And one is just as important in fulfilling their God-given task as the other one. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is just important to have that nurturer in that home. Mm-hmm. And that gatherer out here gathering mm-hmm. for the nurturer. Mm-hmm. They, they are equally dependent upon each other. But the ultimate responsibility falls on the male. Yeah. Which, you know as well as I do, males are just little boys. Mm-hmm. And anything that they can get out of, they're going to get out of. Well, well you know, too, is... is, is um... How many times do your mama have to beat you to clean up your room? Well, the other thing too, though, John, is um, the woman. Oh, I can't say beat you, Ken. That's 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 yeah. psychologically damaging. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, she didn't beat me. She whipped me. Discipline. Yeah. Yeah. It took discipline not to beat me any harder than she beat me. <laughs> <laughs> my my mother would always say, "Just wait, your dad gets home." I mean, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. We knew we were in trouble when it got to that because once she got past the fly swatter, it was on daddy then. It's, yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. If, if mom ever said, wait till your daddy gets home, we done got in trouble. Y'all, we done been, we done been whipped a couple of times already that day. And, and don't don't let her call you by your full name either. Uh-huh. No, you, you, you there, there would, do not pass go. You're going to click. <laughs> but, you know, here's, anyway. the, here's the thing. If you look at it, the Bible talks about the woman, the sin that we have is is the woman's gonna want is gonna want after her husband, 
And and you Absolutely. see that, that that sin over time has gotten worse and worse. Absolutely. Where the woman doesn't want to do what what God created her to do. She wants to do. be dominant over the man. Yes. And and you look and see that the man, his sin, um, has has turned out to be. A, a, a submissive husband instead of a husband that, that loves his wife like the, like Jesus loved mm-hmm. the church. Which is equivalent to when you go through and you begin to look at all the Old Testament prophets and, and the the you know the firstborn sons. What did they do? They surrendered their birthrights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, look at Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. He surrendered his birthright. Yep. Which is the birthright that God gave Adam. Mm-hmm. And Adam surrendered that birthright. Yep. That's the first example of it right there. Yeah. That's the first example of, of, of God extending his grace and sacrificial blood. Yes. God God said, Here's your birthright, here's the world. You you know, you take care of it. You take care of it. And be when responsible. He, when he sinned, he 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 surrendered his birthright. Mm-hmm. And he compromised. And when we compromised See, here's the problem, John. We everybody's got faith. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you yeah. said this a few uh, about a month or so ago. When you when you get into an airplane and you're flying from here to wherever you're going, you have faith that that plane's gonna fly. Yeah, and yeah. that that pilot's gonna get you there, and that the FAA air traffic controller is gonna is is gonna guide the plane so that they stay away from each other. And, and it's not going to be shot down by some rogue terrorist yes, that's coming so you in. you got to, all this faith yeah. that all that's going to happen. And that's why you get on a plane. Yeah. And uh, there's people that, that their fear, their fear of all that will not let them get on a plane. Yeah. And, and I get that. But... Every, but they've got faith in something else because they'll drive, yeah. and they have faith that their car is going to make it, that they're not going to be in a wreck, that they're going. I got one. <laughs> I got one even even more <laughs> simple than that. What's that? When you pull that ring top on that Coca Cola can, mm-hmm. or you go into a convenience store and grab that nine dollars cold Starbucks coffee out of that thing back mm-hmm. here, and you pull that ring. Can you see in that can? Do you know what's in that can? Yeah, you have faith that it's going to be what it is. It's going to be what it is, and it's going to be safe to, to consume. Mm-hmm. Or, well, safer. Yeah, it's not going to immediately kill you. It may kill you over a period of time, but yeah. So we all got faith. We all it's got just faith. a matter of what we where we put our faith. We, we exercised faith when we came in this morning and sat down without looking at the chair. We just pulled it out and sat down, hoping that it was in good shape. That's that. That's that measure of faith that God dealt to every man. Yes. And where do you see that exercised at? Right back in where we were talking mm-hmm. about. And how do you see it? You see it because Adam named. He gave the woman that God gave him a name mm-hmm. called her Eve. Mm-hmm. And you know what Eve means? What does Eve it's mean? It's mother of all living. Yep. Now, how, how could Adam know that? Because God gave Eve to him to procreate. Yes. Therefore, when he called her Eve, even after the fall, mm-hmm. he had faith that God was going to be faithful and make her the procreator of all living things. Mm-hmm. All human beings, right? Mm-hmm. That that's his exercise of faith, right there. And the thing, the, the other thing too is is God gave him Eve, but also He gave him Eve 
to finish him out. Absolutely. Because the completer come one. Have you ever thought about the book of Job? The devil uh, mm-hmm. wandering around and, and God goes, have you checked out my boy Job? You checked out Job, yeah. He says, you can do anything you want to but kill him. Mm-hmm. You cannot take his life. Mm-hmm. Took his his wealth. He took his animals. Took, took his, his kids. His took kid. everything. He took his health away from him. But he always had his wife. Even though she came up against him. Yeah. And he did not leave his wife because that was his, a temptation. Yeah. He left his wife because the two are one. Exactly. How do you kill one? You can't. He couldn't have taken his wife because... Which is, which is what Adam did when he saw Eve. Yes. God had told Adam, if you eat of this tree, you're going to die. Yes. And what did Satan tell Eve? You'll not surely die. Yeah. Well, the, the difference here is God was speaking to them in a spiritual manner. Satan was speaking to them in a physical manner. Yes. Well, when Adam saw that Eve didn't immediately drop dead when she ate the fruit, guess what? He ate it too. He ate it too. But he knew at some point. Anyway, that's my question too. Now, all right, John, she ate the fruit first. Is that right? She was deceived into it. Right. Why? When did her eyes open up? When she ate it. So now, now, if you think about it, she ate it and handed it to him. If she knew that her eyes were open and she knew that they were naked, and she knew that, then. Why did she give it to him if that's the case? Never thought about that. You see what I'm saying? I do, I do. I mean, why would you, if you knew that... All right, and it says in verse, uh, uh, verse chapter 3, verse 8, it says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. Okay, let let me ask you this. Did it take both of them eating the fruit? Because the two are one, and they're married. To well, them. they sewed the fig leaves together, together, and they, did they sewed eat fig leaves. the fruit together and made themselves coverings. Did they eat the fruit together? Mm, See, I, I don't know that Eve ate the fruit and then gave it to Adam as much as they ate the fruit. She took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her. He was there. Mm-hmm. He could have stopped her, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Why? Because his focus was on her, not God. Right. And her focus was on. It's the same sin it's we have today. Sin. Her focus was on having God like being God like, and his focus was on her. Because she does the same. She did the same. Satan gave her the same three sins that he gives us today. And here, the same yes. patterns. And here's the thing, though. You look at this too, John. And it's compromise. Mm-hmm. It comes back to compromise. Yeah. And, and, and they, they were created righteous, and they had to fall into unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're born unrighteous, and we have to receive righteousness. Mm-hmm. And where, where, where were we made righteous at? Right there in the garden, when God extended that grace and clothed them, why? Because He loved them. That yes. Much. And then He set everything started right there for Jesus to be born. And if, if from you that moment on, if you fast forward to today, from that point, you can see that everything has been brought about that's going on today 
by compromise. The church is compromised. The, polit- the politics is compromised. The Christians in the world that have to operate in this world system mm-hmm. have compromised. Mm-hmm. Had, had we stood up when they said, you're going to take prayer out of schools. Had we stood up way, way back when and, and not, not prayed like we should, not prayed like we were told to in the book. If we would have stood up like we were supposed to, then there would never have been prayer. The question of taking prayer would out have of never come up. Right. But when you got enough people who are not Christian standing up for something and then the Christians don't. But see, the battle was lost. It's like um, kids. Um, there was a kids that, that the, the parents show them how to do something ugly or say something ugly. They learn, teach them how to cuss and they think it's real funny. Then they get to school and the kids cussing and getting in trouble at school and the parents are getting mad. Well, you done taught them how to do all that stuff and now they're doing it at an inappropriate time because they're children and they're getting in trouble and you're getting mad. See, if we would have started, kept, if we would have been teaching the gospel and staying strong way before, then it wouldn't have got bad enough for somebody to stand up and say, hey, we want to take prayer out of yeah. school. And then, and, and I'll be honest with you, at this point right now, I don't, I don't know that I want prayer back in school because what would happen is you would have to have a, a prayer for the Christians. You'd have prayer to have a prayer for the Muslims. You'd have to have a prayer. And then you'd have to have an all-inclusive, and I don't want that. A generic prayer. However, if we'd have kept our country, the one thing that Obama said that I have to agree with 100% and is when he said... America is not a Christian nation. Absolutely. And it was Absolutely. at one time, but it is not now. It's a nation that has some Christians in it, but it's not a Christian nation anymore where it was. The reason I, I wouldn't say it's, it was a Christian nation. I will say that it was founded on Christian principles. Yes, that's, this is true. And, and, and we have slowly veered away from that, but... If we'd have stayed where we were on that and not compromised, then the world then it wouldn't be as bad as it is. Mm-hmm. But the reason mm-hmm. why we have the things that we have and the way we have it is because of our Puritan foundation. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. So, it absolutely is. We we still have. Okay, good. Oh. But but it it just it, people wonder about things today. I mean, you look at this. You look at how the tiger got one little claw in the door. Mm-hmm. And if he gets a claw in, guess what? The rest of it's soon to follow. Mm-hmm. Well, you see what's going on in our, uh, in our Olympics and in our athletics and, and all that. Why? You got one tiger claw in the door. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's got to be equal. And we're not equal. Mm-hmm. We're not. Uh, why? Because we've got our own specific things that we're supposed to be put here to do. Mm-hmm. We're not. We'll never be equal. The world will never be equal. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll be at peace for a time, but it'll never be equal. Why? Because I'm not equal to you. Well, people 
I'm not. I'm not equal to Steve. I can't do the things that Steve can. Here's and we, and here's what we noticed too. We've years ago it, it became a, everybody gets a trophy playing little league ball. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. gets a trophy. Everybody's a winner. Don't keep score. Don't do this. And don't get me wrong. I think the parents are. I think a, a sporting event without parents is is a better child sporting event than having. Oh you. yeah. Um, oh yeah. But. Here's the other thing, too. Biggest arguments I ever got into to, with anybody, and, and the, the most hatred I've ever saw come out is when I was a little league coach. Mm-hmm. The parents. The parents. And what kind of an example were the parents sitting for the kids on the field? Mm-hmm. Is that baseball game, is that little league ball game that important mm-hmm. that you would compromise yourself and your integrity to come out on the field and, and – it, it never happened to me, okay? There, there was – And, and what, Dick, the coach, just lay him out on the, on the pitcher's man out there. So, and, and, and here's the thing. You, you, you take these people that go, everybody gets a trophy, everybody – nobody strikes out. Um, that kind of mentality. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I think when they're learning, it's a different story because um, when you got little league t-ball and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, you got to help the weaker players – Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there comes a point where you go win or lose. You, you know, if there's a trophy mm-hmm. at the end of the season if you win, and if you lose, there's not one. Mm-hmm. And that gives them the incentive to win. But what happens when everybody gets a trophy and everybody's a winner and everybody got this and everybody got that? When they get older, now that they're teenagers and now they're young adults, they feel they entitled. feel like in, yes, yes, they feel you, entitled. I don't have to work for it because I'm supposed to get it. Because I'm supposed to get it, but I'm, I'm entitled. The reality is, is you're supposed to work for it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we, but we've we've compromised, com- it, and it, it and it goes back to the scripture, it goes back to the scripture, and and what we need to do as as a church right now. Is stop compromising, even if it offends others. Absolutely, stand stand up for what God's word says. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I been guilty? There's no doubt. If if, if somebody it, says they're not guilty, they're probably the guiltiest. You could stick me to it, it, if you're trying to hide my guilt. You could put me in the bottom of Carlsbad Caverns, mm-hmm. and I'd light the whole thing up. Yeah, my guilt would just light it, and I know it, but. Having said that, but I also know that what he did in the garden back here extends to me too. Absolutely. The grace he gave in the, the garden grace is the grace he, he gives to us. Is the grace he gives to us. So we need to stop compromising and start moving forward. Exactly. And, and try to bring as many people with us as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll agree. You want to close us in prayer, John? We, we got did 30 minutes. Pre- we did that pretty good then. I know. We did good. <laughs> Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share with people. I thank you for the opportunity of, of, of Lord, of experiencing your grace, mm-hmm. knowing what it means, and knowing that you give us a book that's completely, absolutely, 100% full of everything we need to learn how to live successfully mm-hmm. in this life. If we'll just take time to read it and follow it and compare your word mm-hmm. with your word. Uh, and, and compare it as a whole book and look at the examples and everything it's set forth for us. Father, we just, we, we just got to learn not to compromise and not to, to give in and to stand up for what you say is your order and follow that order and trust that it's going to be right because it is your order. Father, I just ask you to go with us through the rest of this week. 
Help us not to look at the things that are wrong, but to look at the solutions that you give us in your word and follow mm-hmm. those things, and it'll straighten out. Go with us now through the week. Be our, keep our hearts and our minds focused on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.